Before we get into this episode, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love our show, please scroll down to the review section of your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star rating. If you have a few more seconds, please also leave us a review telling us what you like most about our show. We read every single one of these and we appreciate them so much. This will also help us grow and get into the ears of those who love true crime and food as much as you do. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Extra Cheese by your friends at Dietetics After Dark. Hi, Becca. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Also doing well. I love your Hufflepuff sweater. Thank you. Represent. (laughs) What are you, Slytherin? your house. (laughs) No. Although Slytherin has good qualities, too. They do. They're definitely cutthroat. I feel like you would want a Slytherin lawyer to represent you. Aren't you dating a Slytherin? I am. Aren't you engaged to a Slytherin? <laughs> They're also great partners. Watch what you say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a Gryffindor. You would be a Gryffindor. I think. I, like I am. No, I've done the sorting hat quiz and I identify with Gryffindor. So It's funny. Um, we were in LA, Dan and I, and we were at uh, Universal Studios and mm-hmm. we saw these sweaters and we were like, oh my God, we need these. <laughs> but I hadn't taken the the quiz. Oh, so you went off intuition. Yes. So we went based off intuition. Dan was like, you're a Hufflepuff. And I was like, I feel like I am too. And <laughs> then I took the quiz and lo and behold, I'm a Hufflepuff. Through okay. Through. Would you have had an identity crisis if you got Ravenclaw or something? I would have had to go back to Universal Studios and switch up my sweater. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are we talking about today? Anyways, yeah. Enough about sorting hats. (laughs) Okay, so today we're going to cover a news story that quite a few people sent into us. And I just want to remind anyone that is listening that you can send in topic suggestions, both for- Yes, we love that. Yes, we love it. Both for our regular dietetics after dark, like long form episodes, but also for extra cheese. Because we do, we just genuinely want to know what you want to hear about. So 
Mm-hmm. Feel free to email any episode ideas to dietheticsafterdark at gmail.com. And just a shout out to Annie, Earl, Leah, Natalie, and Rachel for giving us this idea. It was a really popular one this week. It really was. Okay. So this is somewhat of an update on a story that we previously covered. I guess that you mm-hmm. previously covered, Sarah. And that's yep. Subway Restaurants. So apparently there have been some claims that the Subway tuna sandwich is anything but tuna. <laughs> and Sarah, I know that you've... This is so Subway. It is so Subway. <laughs> uh, what are your initial thoughts on this claim? And do you know anything about it yet? I have read the headlines. I have not done a deep dive into the stories. My initial thoughts are like, oh my gosh, Subway again. Because <laughs> like there was the chicken thing. There was the yoga mat thing. There's been so many just Subway PR nightmares. Mm -hmm. And then my other thought is like, if it's not tuna, what is it? And why would they go through all this effort to make a tuna substitute that is so tuna like? Mm Tuna is affordable. Maybe maybe they were doing it in in like an attempt to be more sustainable or something. I don't know. And sure, tuna is affordable, but I feel like it's less affordable than some other substitutes. Like I don't know, maybe soy. Maybe soy or like, I was also thinking, you know how imitation crab is actually Pollock. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a more affordable type of fish. Could it be something like that? Because it is so fishy. It is. And we'll get into that because there is something there that I'll unpack in a minute. Cool. Okay. <laughs> but before we do get into this, the sources that I use for this episode include an article by Tim Carmen at the Washington Post called... Subway's tuna is not tuna, but a mixture of various concoctions, a lawsuit alleges, Mm -hmm. as well as articles by the Associated Press and the Canadian Press. And as always, you can find these links to these sources in our show notes. Hmm. Mix of various concoctions. Yes. (laughs) Sounds witchy. (laughs) I like it. Subway is currently under mass speculation after two residents of the San Francisco Bay Area named Karen Danoa and Nilima Amen are suing Subway after making the claim that the tuna that they were served is in fact anything but tuna. Hmm. As we know from previous episodes, labeling a product as something that it is not is considered food fraud and could have some serious repercussions if found to be true. So the plaintiffs are suing for fraud, but also unjust enrichment intentional misrepresentation, and a couple other things that weren't listed in the article, so I didn't include them. So these two plaintiffs who filed their lawsuit in the last week of January, they state that Subway is capitalizing on the premium price consumers are willing to pay for tuna. And they apparently had samples of the tuna that they had analyzed and claimed that the results indicate that the sandwich filling is a mixture of other things to kind of create that appearance of tuna. Interesting. You have to keep in mind that the actual ingredients have not been disclosed by the plaintiffs. Mm -hmm. So they have this intel, but they're not disclosing it to the public yet. I already have two questions. Number one, why did they decide to get it tested? Were they looking for a lawsuit or were they just thinking, wow, this really doesn't taste like tuna? I should get it tested. They're not. Are they food scientists? Do they have access to a lab? Do you know? Uh, No, I don't know. That wasn't specified, but there is some speculation. And I believe it was Subway that did speculate this, but there was some questions around 
what the law firms were trying to get at. Like, are these lawyers representing them so that they can get their name out in the public? Right. Or is it truly a concern, like, to concern customers? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. My second question. If it's not mostly tuna... All right. Maybe I'll just let you continue. Let's let's just keep going. <laughs> I feel like I do talk like the things that you're saying right now. I'm like, oh, I get to this in my like little story okay. here. <laughs> I'll hold my questions until the end. <laughs> you're ruining the flow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So their lawyer did actually mention that the ingredients, and I feel like this will answer your second question, but they mentioned <laughs> that the ingredients aren't even made of fish. So if this is true, that's incredibly concerning. Yes, definitely. And so my first thoughts are that maybe it's canned chicken? Oh, oh my gosh. Throwback to Jessica Simpson. Oh my goodness. That was my chicken next of the question sea. for you. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you're a fan of Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Same wavelength, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, you remember how she essentially, what is it? Chicken chicken of the sea. Chicken of the sea. Brand yeah. tuna. And she was confused thinking that it was quite literally chicken by the sea that she was eating. And so <laughs> she was ridiculed in the early 2000s for that yeah. comment. Yeah. But she actually, she had a really funny clap back on Twitter this past week. So she tweeted a Today Show headline reporting this story with the caption, it's okay, Subway. It is confusing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. And I really wanted to share that because I, I feel like this just brings me back to my like teenhood. Jessica Two decades Simpson. later, <laughs> she finally gets to clap back. Still <laughs> relevant. I love that. Yes. So, okay, back to the story. The two plaintiffs' lawyers are trying to push the claim to get certified as a class action lawsuit. So this would mean that anyone who bought Subway tuna sandwich wraps from any Subway in California from January 21st, 2017 to now could potentially join into this class action lawsuit. So based on our last Subway episode, uh, we do know that the tuna uh, sandwich is one of their most popular sandwiches. So there's mm-hmm. potential that this could be a huge class action lawsuit if it's legitimate. Um, Subway is obviously not taking this news well. They have released a statement saying that they will vigorously defend themselves and have implied that the law firms representing the plaintiffs are a part of a trend where they will go up against food industry to make a name for themselves. So I really hope for the sake of these plaintiffs that their lawyers are doing this work pro bono because I Mm -hmm. do feel like if you're going up against a massive brand like Subway when your lawyers also have ulterior motives, it could potentially run you pretty dry. Right. And Subway has said that they will fight these claims through all available avenues if they are not immediately dismissed. And I would want to ensure that I have a rock-solid case if I were one of these plaintiffs because— Something else happened earlier this January, also involving Subway. Ooh. Lots of drama. Okay, so a few weeks ago, just before this tuna fiasco made headlines, the Ontario Appeals Court ruled that Subway can move forward with a $210 million defamation lawsuit, or sorry, suit against the Canadian broadcast news company, CBC. Right. Yeah. So this lawsuit is over a 2017 marketplace report that was initially conducted by Trent University in Peterborough, Ontario, and they analyzed the amount of chicken in Subway chicken sandwiches. Uh, So I couldn't find like the exact lab results from this marketplace uh, report, Mm -hmm. but they did claim that the product was essentially half chicken and half soy. Yeah. And the results 
of this report were apparently flawed and inaccurate and impacted the restaurant chain's image, reputation, and finances. And it turns out that no more than 1% of the chicken in these sandwiches is made up of soy. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't know that was the actual result. That's interesting. Yeah. So that was actually, it's funny because this was in a CBC article that they were reporting this. Yeah, that's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So back in 2019, so I guess two years ago now, Justice Edward Morgan sided with CBC on this case and ordered Subway to pay over half a million dollars in fees and legal costs to CBC. So on the appeal that just happened, Subway claimed that free expression does not outweigh the harm caused by defamatory statements, and they won this Mm -hmm. appeal. Now, I love CBC. I feel like I get a lot of my news from CBC. And then, as I said, this article was even from CBC. But I do kind of agree with this appeal decision. What are your thoughts? Well, that article about chicken from 2017, I remember reading it Mm -hmm. very clearly. And I remember even discussing with my friends and like joking about, well, if it's not chicken, what is it? Marshmallows? Well, I'm sure. What is it? Marshmallows? Like, I remember this very clearly. And that stuff sticks with you. Kind of also like we talked about in the McDonald's episode with Stella Stella Liebeck. Mm -hmm. We all have these opinions that we held about that case based off the articles that we read or didn't read or the headlines that we saw. So it influences our opinion for years to come. And I think that chicken thing did too. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a really good point. And I do also feel like the media should be held responsible if they are going to be making false claims. And I, and I do know that in reporting, like broadcasting, there's like a time crunch to get your information out first. But yeah. if there's no penalty to like putting out, pushing out inaccurate information, who's to say that mm-hmm. all of our information isn't 100% accurate? Right. And when it comes to these like percentages of food items. Okay, so this chicken is not 100% chicken. That seems easy to refute. Like if someone went to Subway and was like, okay, you have to prove this. So if they went, for example, the horse meat scandal, (laughs) we're just bringing up all our old episodes. (laughs) Go listen to them. (laughs) Go listen to them for the full stories. But in the horse meat scandal, they were doing, there were checks in place. They were doing routine lab testing. And then they went back to the source to see where it was coming from. They could do that for chicken too. Instead of running to the media, run to the CFIA, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency or something like that. Mm -hmm. Say, we need to verify that this is chicken and maybe go that route instead. Yeah. And that's also, I think too, why the onus right now is on CBC because it was a marketplace report that they did. They had time to kind of get their ducks in a row before they released this episode to the public. And mm-hmm. I guess they chose not to. Yeah, to, they just ran to the public right away. Mm-hmm, based on the one study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So anyways, I, I feel like it'll be super interesting to see what happens in this chicken case, but also in the tuna case, so many cases. And I, <laughs> I do just hope that the plaintiffs in the tuna case are f- like have fully substantiated claims before they mm-hmm. make this like a whole class action lawsuit thing. Yeah, absolutely. And aren't being taken advantage of or swayed um, by any ulterior motives. I also, again, it seems like it would be so easy to prove if they're actually serving tuna. Purchasing receipts, supply chains, like 
it it feels like if there is something, if Subway needs to prove that they're actually using tuna, it shouldn't be too much of a burden for them. For sure. And just based on Subway's statement, I feel like they have the proof because they're essentially saying that they're willing to fight this tooth and nail to get the truth out there. So Mm -hmm. I do think that they probably have a case like that's already in progress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, come for me. We'll yeah. we'll fight this. We've done this yeah. before. It's not our first rodeo. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, well, that was really interesting. You kind of did answer my second question was, if it's not tuna, like maybe the results are that it's a large percentage is mayo because that's what's in tuna salad, mm-hmm. tuna and mayo. Um, but you answered it by saying that there was no fish, right? That's what they are claiming is that it's not even – that's what the lawyer is alleging, yes. I think it's probably canned chicken. Do you think? Have you had canned chicken? It smells like tuna. No, I've never had canned chicken. It's very, like, flaky. It has a very similar texture to tuna, and I feel like maybe if you left it out in the sun for a little while, it could mimic (laughs) tuna almost completely. Does it have that smell, though? Not really. Tuna is so distinctive. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know how you replicate that, like, essence of tuna. It's just an essential oil drop that they add to every every batch of fake tuna. Possibly. Next time you're at the grocery store, grab a a can of of chicken. Okay. Test it out. I'll give it to my cats. (laughs) Or I'll make a nice chicken salad. Okay. Well, that was fantastic. Really good job. I'm excited to see what comes of this case as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll keep you updated. See you later. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to Extra Cheese. If you have any topic ideas for future episodes, shoot us an email at dietheticsafterdark at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at dietheticsafterdark. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. This podcast is a labor of love and your support will help other true crime and food lovers find our podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Earworm Radio. If you're in need of podcast support, you can find them on Instagram at EW Radio or online at earwormradio.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.